Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis Ford, your host, and uh, we are discussing markets as a retail channel for fashion brands today. Now, we know that there are a million markets across the world. However, the markets I really want to talk about today are three types of marketplaces or markets. Now, the first type of market are those that provide a platform for the beautiful kind of easy fashion and accessories, arts and crafts, food and drink. And, you know, these markets are kind of used like sort of spaces where people get to socialize. Uh, they kind of pop up every Saturday or Sunday or once a week. Uh, an example of that type of market is the Arts on Main right here in Johannesburg. And people gather around to go and socialize in these spaces. Now, the second type of market I want to talk about as well today, and we're going to touch on, is the permanent structure style market. Now, these are some of the markets that have actually been built as permanent stall style structure where the creatives rent on a long-term basis. An example of this type of markets is Dover Street Market in New York or London. Uh, you've also got 27 boxes here in Melville in Johannesburg. And these are kind of really your permanent structure, very low cost and affordable and give people some sort of consistent um, feel when it comes to their presence. Lastly, the biggest marketplaces that take place once or twice a year, like the Magic Show, which is one of the world's largest marketplaces, compri which comprises of 11 unique communities showing the latest apparel, footwear, accessories, and manufacturing is another type of market. So we're not really talking about the markets where you go and buy your bananas and fruits, but kind of more where uh, small brands or not just small brands, because we've actually seen a couple of big brands also set up in these types of markets. Now I would like, I know I, and I would like to believe that many brands or retailers that sell in market style stalls are actually attracted by the flexibility, flexibility of it. Obviously you can go in when you go, but again, back to business, business is business. They also, um, I think are attracted to the relatively low expense cost of hiring a stall, which is much cheaper compared to renting a shop in the mall or the high street for trade. So on the flip side, standing by your market stall, obviously I believe must be not the best part of it. I mean, standing for hours and hours, but nothing comes easy. And because we are the show that dissects the business behind fashion, these are the conversations we're going to be having on today's show. We're going to also get to hear from some of the brands who've been selling in markets and actually earning a living out of that comfortably. Our senior trend analyst, Nicola Cooper, will be joining us on the show. Uh, and so will be our contributor, New York representative, Edgy Benson with Echoes from New York. Now keep your tweets coming. We are at Fashion Lab AF. Share with us some of your favorite um, sort of uh, marketplaces or sort of uh, market stalls or markets that you really think are really cool uh, spaces that you kind of go and hang out for the weekends or whatever, or where you really like to actually get good bargains and, you know, share with us. Another quick reminder is my favorite segment at the end of the show, which is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to also share with us your who's and your why's as we go through. Now, going back into this conversation around the markets, I want to share with you some of my top three tips of how we can actually make the market experience a bit more appealing to our target market that are kind of excited about your brand and will find you anywhere because of their loyalty. Um, I personally, as a designer, I don't really 
haven't really um, sold in a market. I haven't really taken my brand to the market, but obviously I have my own um, reservations or maybe just kind of feeling a bit shy for some reason. I just maybe need some sort of um, inspiration around it. So the reason I want to share these three tips is because sometimes you will have a target market that might be interested in coming to experience your brand, but they don't want to go to the ma- to the market. So my three tips on how we can make that market experience more appealing to the target market that you're actually not tapping on is the first point is the aesthetic and the way that the stall is actually designed or curated. Now, I have seen really bad setup stalls that could definitely be a turn off. And, um, you know, if you think about it, you are already saving costs by going into this more affordable sort of stalls set up um, spaces to trade. So why not invest in a store designer to actually change the space a little, change it up into a gem that attracts more traffic, hence more sales. One of the concept market spaces that have really done that well, I think, is 27 boxes here in Melville. And the fact that they turned all these containers into you know, a mall and, you know, and then every designer kind of curates it and sets it up in a space in a way that really makes it look cool. So things are not hanging. Things are not looking unattractive. I've been to spaces where you just look at the stuff and you're thinking, oh my God, why am I in these stalls? So I think aesthetic is a very important tip. Another tip to really pay attention to is quality because of the fact that just because people shop in markets, doesn't mean they expect clothes to be of poor quality. So obviously you want to make sure that your quality of your garments is up to par. It doesn't mean that because you're in a stall or market, you can cheat, <laughs> you know, get your bra- hangers branded, get your setup so nice and clean, make the space look so good that it really represents your brand. And you may be able to find yourself attracting that target market that's actually not coming to the market because they just don't like markets. Um, my third tip today around making sure that you maximize on this, if you're really selling in the markets, is to invest in a fitting room. Now, yes, the space may be small, but people need to have the ability to try on their clothes before they buy them. So the truth is it's not good saying, oh, bring it back next week. You know, you hear people saying, oh, don't worry if you don't, if it can't fit, then no one wants to come back to you. So please like invest in a fitting room. They have now really cool portable dressing rooms that you can buy affordably. Alternatively, you can also just get someone to set up the space. I mean, hammer in a few bars and set up a thing just so that your customers can come in, try on something and actually leave with a real sale and feel like they want to come back again. Those are my three tips. Um, now, like I said, we are obviously on this topic of markets as a retail and uh, a retail channel for fashion brands. And I want to introduce a very special guest who's joining us today. She is Johannesburg-based accessories and urban culture lover. She's a publicist. She's also a journalist. And she's very hard to miss in some of the most popular markets, um, especially here in Johannesburg, such as Arts on Main, where she trades happily, offering some of the most exquisite pieces with hints of African prints from all of uh, all colors and origins. Welcome to the show, Maria. Hey, how are you, Liz? Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Maria. How are you? 
Very well, thank you. Very, very well. Yeah. So, Maria, let's go straight into your, and the reason, obviously, I said is I'm introducing you into the show and also just kind of want to pick up your brain on why you're in the market and uh, you've been selling in the market for so long. You obviously are very happy with it. It's not something that you, you're struggling with. It seems like a part of your DNA. And uh, so I just would love you to, first of all, just introduce your brand um, and just kind of share with us when you started trading in markets and some of the markets that you're trading in. Wow, it's hard to believe it was so long ago. I mean, it's nearly going on 10 years. If I think back to starting around 2007, 2008, when I began, I was just selling them. I had these earrings. I mean, they kicked off. As you said, um, I wasn't, I am, I was, I was in media. I had a media company that I was at home in Lesotho and I came across these amazing earrings. And when I came back to Joburg, everybody wanted them because um, <laughs> I was like, I met the guy making the earrings and then I was like, make them good. At the seat, you know, unconsciously sort of designing jewelry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> came back to Joburg, everybody wanted them. They were the Stone Cherry Show, all the famous people like Lyra that I was working with in the entertainment industry were buying them off me. Suddenly I was known to these earrings. I had to sell them mm-hmm. somewhere. And of course, when you're just starting up, the easiest thing you're going to do is be at a flea market. So once a month in Newtown, at the bus factory, there was a, a flea market for crafters. Mm-hmm. And even at the time, I felt like I'm not quite like the other crafters, you know what I mean? I'm more like in the fashion space, in the craft <laughs> space. But, uh, you know, whatever, there was people making amazing things there, and it was a great opportunity for me. And every once a month, you could find me in Newtown. If and you when, wanted to. And, and then I added vintage clothes, and I added vintage bags, and I did that for a year or two. And then I came across also in Newtown uh, a vintage some people selling vintage, but they were selling like, you know, records, it was hipsters. Wow. More like the hipster market, but they had started their own market, but no clothes. What year was this? Oh, that was 2008. Wow. But, so I moved to it. Then I started selling, the, the craft market ended and I, I went to another market. They were in Newtown and they moved to Greenside and they had a once a month market. Mostly focusing on like hipster records and toys and funny magazines from the 80s and I was like, why don't we do clothes? <laughs> When I started, there was just two people selling vintage clothes, which was interesting because vintage became such a trend. Yeah. But back then, it was just me and this other lady selling vintage clothes. And by the time I finished in that market around 2010, everybody in Joburg was a vintage seller. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you, set the, point, you set the bar. The bar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, everyone's a vintage seller. So luckily, by the time, I mean, a big turning point for me, and I think, that turning point also marked a change in markets um, in Joburg. You know, over the years, Joburg has had like the market theater flea market. It had that bus factory flea market. It had a bunch of really fun markets. I actually miss that uh, market but, theater yeah. flea market because you used to be able to buy vintage clothes and glasses and find cool things for your house. And so we've had a tradition of markets around Johannesburg. But I think market on Main was something different when Jacques and Bradley started Jack of um, Black Coffee and Bradley of Love Josie approached the Maboning Precinct mm. in 2010 and launched their market in 2011. It was a turning point for a lot of us. Okay, but let me ask you, Maria, the the trick now is obviously um, in the U.S. they call them flea markets. Here we call them markets, but then there's so many different types of markets. People even get confused, and that's why I feel like one of the things I find very interesting in the continent is for all of the places I've traveled to... I'm struggling to hear you. We... Okay, we just lost her. Anyway, that's Maria McCloy. We are talking to her uh, about 
her selling of her accessory brand um, in markets, and she's been doing this like you heard for so long, um, since '98. And you know, she's very happy. She's very comfortable, and uh, she's got a good following. So we're gonna see if we can reconnect um, back with her. Otherwise, we are just going to continue um, this conversation. I think the best thing to do is to just roll over to. Um, a Parisian fashion house uh, by the name of Damir Doma, who creates ready-to-wear collections and accessories for men and women, and has also set himself at the Damir—I mean, at the stair at the Dover Street Market in London. And Dover Street is another example of the markets I was talking about when I introduced this topic. And I just want us to roll over to hear that um, you know it's actually. Uh, an encouragement for all brands who may be shying around selling in the markets, including myself, obviously, that you can if you want to, and you can also, you can if you see the value in it. So we'll roll over to Damir Doma, um, the Parisian fashion house. My name is Daniel Doma. I'm very happy to have you guys here with me uh, in Dover Street Market, London, with our new installation called the Stairs. For me, Stairs are objects that lift you on a higher level, and uh, I like that uh, that idea. Um, at the same time, it's a very informal space that we created, uh, where the stair can be uh, a display. They can be uh, something very conceptual but at the same time you can you you can really be very pragmatic with them you can use them to climb you can put stuff on them you can hang Dover Street Market is um, actually following us already since the very first seasons and uh, during the last years we built a really strong relationship together and um, I think it's one of our strongest partners They, they they give us so much playground and they give us so many opportunities and they really believe in what we do um which is which, which is really great. I started about six years ago with the with the label. Uh, at the beginning, it was purely menswear, and then uh, three years ago, we added a womenswear collection and uh, a line called Silent, which is a more kind of sportswear orientated casual line. I'm 32 years old, so uh, I think I'm one of the generations where, where streetwear is one of the main influences on our idea of aesthetics and and. And I think it's deep inside my DNA as a designer also and as a human. I think it's still something that you can find um, in my clothing and I think especially in the menswear collection. We're working closely uh, with Comme Garçons, with especially Dover Street Market. So we are constantly trying to explore opportunities, you know, and uh, as soon as there's a window, we are trying to take it. That was um, Damir Doma, who is a Parisian fashion house. And like I said, the reason that we are also just getting some sort of um, feedback from some of the brands who sell in markets, different style of markets, is just because of the fact that it's uh, sort of my way to encourage those brands that haven't experienced it and haven't tried it to, to get into it, if you see the value of it for your brand. Um, we're rolling back to Maria McCloy. Maria? Hey. Thank Don't you. Know what happened. Nice to hear you again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice to have you back on the line. Maria, as we were talking about your presence in the markets, I was just also saying to you that one of the things 
that I find um, very interesting is the fact that in Africa, the whole continent of Africa, I feel like the best structured markets for brands to be able to excel like, you know, like, you know, like the Dover Street style type markets in Africa is actually the markets in South Africa because the truth is there's obviously uh flea markets and then there's obviously more serious structured markets um that are more appealing to brands who are really trying to push their staff to a whole new level. So for example, yeah. in the you know, in the in the markets in the continent, first of all, because we have a lot of second hand clothing challenges and you have a lot of I mean, you you being in a market is not going to be an option because as a brand, because you're going to get swallowed in there by the $2 dresses and the $1 dresses, you know? Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think you, you have, to be, have to be pretty careful even now. You know, so many people are coming up with markets. It's quite a trend now, you know? <laughs> people are trying to make money off of it and they'll mail you every week. They're starting a market here. There's going to be food and drink. Very much like carrying on with the kind of market on Maine and Brumfontein's um, neighborhood market made. Um, but have so you, you have to be careful as a brand like you yes. have to go have a look what are they selling here do i fit what am i going to be next to yeah because it could actually be you can't have just a short-term aim of selling like are you are you going to a bridal expo market are you going to something yes craft and all those things are wonderful but do they fit your brand so i feel like market on main is definitely my anchor it's, it's amazingly the vibe is great it's lifestyle there's yes. music i never i never feel like i'm working the people around me are, make, are also making amazing South African uh, produced uh, design, or they're selling vintage that's very carefully created and great. Now, know? now I have a question for you again. Is the fact that you're also selling alongside people who are selling, when you were having the conversation earlier around the fact that, you know, you look on your side and your left and your right, and you'd find that there's a lot of other people selling vintage clothing as well. My question mm, to you happens. is, as a, yeah, as, a creati- as a creative, who's also creating your own story, your own pieces, and really curating them and then putting them out there? Do you feel like you being in a market side by side to people who actually buy, I don't know where they get, whoever's getting, buying clothes from whatever, you know, that whole mix of it's not just authentically, um, uh, you know, brands that have actually created their own story. Some of the people in the markets actually come to sell or resell other things. Do you feel like that puts you in some sort of compromise or it puts no, you... No, not at all. I mean, when, when I started at Market on Main, I had the vintage items and then I added the African print cultures and I added the shoes. And it was interesting to me then everyone was vintage. But when I added that, now everyone is also African. <laughs> wow. So, wow. you know, you've got a, there's so many African inspirations, so it's fine. Also, of course, African shoes and bags will be my base. Um, I think even if you look at the vintage sellers at Market or Main, they're all very different to each other. So there's a way you can do it that you have a stamp. But do, all, do they buy... a different eye. Yeah, but are they buying their clothes and then selling them there? Yeah, they're, they're, they're buying vintage clothes. I mean, I do it too. Like, all of us know the spots to go. We all have our different <laughs> suppliers and, and secret spots, and they buy it. And not everybody likes to go into, likes going to sell by taxi ranks and rummaging through clips. So someone, we would, you know, those of us who sell vintage would do that. But at Market of Maine, there's people selling leather from Morocco. There's people selling handmade jewelry. Mm. There's a guy making jewelry out of zips. There's a love jersey brand, which is, you know, the t-shirt brand that has now expanded also. 
Okay. And um, the, uh, into classes, there's an art gallery, there's I workshop in Joburg, which is homeless people taking photos of Joburg. There's a bunch of great creativity. And now tell me, Maria, before we wrap up, um, what type of garment do you... So obviously because you have this whole... You've got this whole setup of the types of items that you sell at the markets. What do you feel sells quickest or easy? What is easy? Is it the smaller accessories or is it like the... What is easy to sell for you in the markets? Um, you know, every week is different. Just as I learned from the month or public holiday or something, those all those things you think impact, like end of the month isn't particularly a good day to come around the bottom day, mid month. One, one day is a great day for the men's African print color. I'm super happy about it because they my turn that day. I had this day. Like last week, I sold no necklaces and I sold 10 shoes. Who knows why? <laughs> or I sold like five. Okay. Well, so it's important to have, um, you know, some people just have expensive things. I'm like, you have to add, women want to know they can buy a thousand rand jacket, but you must also be able to buy a 200 rand clutch or necklace, you know? Yes. Don't, don't just be all cheap because then you won't make money, but don't just be all expensive because you also make money. Yes. Wow. Maria, it's been so nice touching base with you. Um, wish you all the best with your brand. And, uh, Thank you so much. We will be in touch. How can our listeners connect with you? Uh, I'm all over Instagram, Instagram, Maria Podesta on Twitter, Maria McCloy Accessories on Facebook, and my email is maria at rage.co.ca. Thank you very much, Maria. Have a fabulous day. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you, guys. That is Maria McCloy, who is our Johannesburg-based accessories and urban culture lover. She's also a publicist, publicist and journalist, and she was chatting with us because... You can't miss her in the markets here in Joburg. Um, she's got beautiful pieces. And um, it's nice to touch base with brands who've been doing this for almost, she's been doing this for almost 20 years, my gosh. And uh, just to see how she's making it work for her. We're going to take a quick break. We are talking markets as a retail channel for fashion brands. And we'll be right back. Hit us up on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter if you have any comments or if you want to just share um, whatever your feedback is so far on the topic. We're also um, on 0861 Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. It's back. Are you Jawsy Tough? Cycle through tunnels, over floating bridges, and into colossal stormwater drains. You're a machine and nothing's going to stop you. With two separate routes, a 22K for beginners or a 54K for the tougher riders. Go where no mountain biker has gone before. On the 29th of May, ride the Hollard Juma. Brought to you by AdReach and Joburg City Parks and Zoo. Challenge accepted. Juma.co.za Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. So we are here again talking markets as a retail channel for fashion brands. And uh, we've been speaking to Maria McCloy, who's an accessories and urban culture lover who sells in the markets and sells successfully. We've also been uh, able to hear from a Parisian um, designer, Damir Doma, who creates ready-to-wear collections and accessories for men and women. But as much as he is doing his big thing, he's also present 
in the stair at Dover Street Market in London. Um, and obviously the reason I'm also um, sharing some of the um, feedback with some of these brands is to be able to encourage brands who are shying away from the markets to actually think about it or consider it. And if you, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If it is for you, then hey, let's go. Um, I don't want to take any more time. I just want to roll over to Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. And uh, just a quick intro. Edgy is a, a, a fashion services company based in New York. His company is a new in New York. Um, and he sources the services um, fashion designers, fashion houses such as Vera Wang, Chloe, Bill Blass, Kate Spade, um, and stores like Harrod, Sachs, and Colette. Um, he's been also contributing on the show, and it's nice sometimes to get that feedback from the other side of the of the space. Anyway, so um, it's interesting to hear your comments. If you're um, listening, um, it'd be nice to hear from you also what your feedback is. Do you think that markets are the future for African brands, or do you think markets will not work um, in the continent? Um, we are just going to, uh, we're just holding on for edgy, but um, I think that this market conversation is quite interesting. I think one of the things I want to do this year as well is to try and get into that magic show in Vegas because that is a very big platform. I've been admiring it um, for a while, and I think that, um, you know, if anything, that could be one of the ways that I can plug in and, um, you know, and see how it works. So good luck to me uh, on that magic venture. Um, Edgy, are you here with us? Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the show, Edgy. How are you? I'm very good. And, very good. And what are you wearing? <laughs> Jeans <laughs> and a T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> and then you're supposed to ask me what I'm wearing because no one asked me what I'm wearing today. What are you wearing today? Well, I'm wearing a simple um, maxi. It's a black um, bell sleeve maxi from one of my previous collections, I think about four collections ago. But it's a very easy to wear. It's a cotton lycra, very comfortable, got hand detail on the neck line and on the sleeve, um, um, kind of like a sequin hand placed um, detail. But it's a very easy dress. I wanted to feel warm because I'm a bit under the weather and... Uh, <laughs> I wanted to also feel easy, and it's actually black. I'm in black today. <laughs> shock, oh, <wow>. shock. <laughs> but yes, anyway, I'll take a picture and uh, tweet it as well. But um, I want to go straight into our topic today around um, markets as a retail channel for fashion brands, and I'm sure you've been um, plugged into the conversation to kind of just get a feel of what we are talking and who we are talking to. And I would love to definitely pick your brains on what your thoughts are around this topic? I mean, honestly, it's been, it's really great just listening to you guys and also hearing what the, from the designer point of view, from, you know, from, from the Parisian brand, it's, it's really nice to hear like his involvement and how passionate he is about it. I, you know, I think street markets, whether it's um, the, the open street markets, like the flea markets, or, or the more curated experiences like, like the fixed structures like the Dover market or the trade shows like Magic, like you mentioned, are, are vital for designers because these are the only ways that designers get seen, you know? 
Um, uh, you know, so they're a vital component of the uh, of the designer's experience. Um, so it's um, it, it's great that we, we we're talking we're talking about this because when you look at this this street markets. So fashion, we have two ways of showing. In a sense, you have the you have the the, the showcase of fashion weeks, and then you know, the, and you have this this market. And uh, these markets, in, in comparison, they are they give you more access. They are they're more vibrant environment. And they make fashion more accessible because everybody you don't need a, t- a ticket to go to a market. You know, <laughs> um, everybody can access the clothes. Everybody can have connections with the designer without. It, without needing a ticket, so they do create the effervescence and and, and the vibrance that the 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 market needs. You know that fashion can can tap into. You know I, I think you know so they they they're very vital component of, of the designers uh, uh, of the designers market strategy. You know, um, you know they 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 they, they really have you know great spirit you know uh, so i think they are they are they are essential so i like i like that we're talking what, about this what are you your know? what are some of the markets um first of all what type of markets do you prefer do you do you care if it's a pop up every saturday or sunday do you care if it's more of like the magic style markets do you do you care if it's a more permanent structure what do you think when it comes to and i i speak I'm speaking about this specifically focusing on the African brands and the future of markets within this continent because markets have been so, there's so many markets, you know, Edgy, that in the continent, when someone says I'm going to the market, the first thing people think is, gosh, mangoes and bananas, you know? And then if you say you're going to the market to buy clothes, it's probably secondhand clothing market. And then by the time you really speak market, I don't know, maybe we need to find a new word for it in the continent to make it more appealing. But some of the things I just want to touch on is to just kind of know if there is actually a future, what your thoughts are around a future for markets within this continent. But that Dover style, street style market or that magic style market, something that's really going to push brands, especially small or emerging brands to a whole new level. What are your thoughts? First of all, what markets do you think work? What don't? I personally think that if we had an option between flea markets, when I say flea market, I'm talking about, you know, like the Fairfax market in LA, Melrose, and I have a friend who sells there and I love her stuff, but I feel like she's, when when I used to go to see her, the, those markets, I would get upset because there's a lot of people who are actually selling. <sighs> there's a lot of other, I don't want to say rubbish, but I just want to say from a brand perspective, it's so important, like Maria said earlier, is, you know, you also kind of want to care about who's sitting beside you and what are they selling because that's going to come back to bite you. That's going to be back to who's coming to the market and who is the target market and are your people or is your target market really making it there or are they shying away because of the fact that that is what the market is known for? Like, you know, used clothing and things. If you say to me you're in a market that sells used clothing and then like, uh, and I don't want to be funny and I'm looking for like a sort of ensemble for my maybe 
I don't know, for my, you know, board meeting on Monday, uh, why would I come there? Do you understand? Yeah, I do. I think, I think we have to look at this also just from the context of Africa. Okay. Um, because in most of our, in most of the developed environments, you know, these markets are clearly delineated. Like, you know where you're going. Yes. And you know what you're going to get where you're going. Like, this, the, we have one in Long Island City, New York, where I live. And mm. I went there, I went there on, uh, on last Saturday with a friend of mine. And we bought a, a, tish, a light, nice little, um, like oversized uh, uh, sweater for like twenty-five dollars, which is <laughs> which is very cheap. But the quality was great. But you knew what you were going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we need we need all of these components. We need the flea market component. We need uh, the, the the fixed curated market experience like Dover, mm-hmm. and then we also need the trade shows. We need them all in equal measures because. All African creatives are in different stages and mm-hmm. they all need entry points. And these markets offer great entry points for each creative, you know? Yeah. What They're- I want to say, I'm just going to cut you short there for a minute, please. What I want yes. to just say is now the reason also I brought that up, I've just remembered why I brought it up is there's a mall market in Nairobi called Jamia Mall. Okay. And this market is kind of like, it's like a permanent structure, but it's so kind of set up like, you know, like the Dover Street market style sort of set up. So it's set up that way. But unfortunately, what they sell there or the people who sell in there only sell, um, I don't want to say it badly, but they bring in their China things and come and sell them there. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying this in a <laughs> derogative way in any manner. I'm just basically saying because of the fact that they're known, all the retailers in that market, mall, stall, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it, are known to go buy stuff from either Dubai or China, bring back stuff and sell at very ridiculous. It's very low cost, um, sort of, um, sold for very low and, and yeah. quality is also just pathetic. I'm not playing. And so what happens is the reason I say that maybe it's time for us to start calling these things differently, especially in the continent, so that you attract the right target market when it comes to brands is because if I decided to get a stall in that stall space or structure, everybody would think I'm selling, I'm selling something else, not lease. Yeah, I I think. Yes. Whereas with Dover, yes. Whereas with Dover Street Market, it's set up in the same way. But when you walk in there, it's literally beautiful, amazing brands who are, you know, and it's respectable brands. It's not, it's not a joke. And they've got the extensions there. I have seen brands like Levi's set up in there. You know, I've seen, but it's small little spaces and they create it and they curate it and they bring in a sort of, experience to their little space in there where you walk in and you feel like you're you know so that's the reason i said is it even worth talking or setting up all these markets or is it even more confusing when you have all these markets in the continent because people then just stay away i think no i think it's important to have this market i I think the, the the important one of the biggest things that we have to do in africa is i think in africa we have a very on, on unruly environment in most markets, you know, so there's no way to like, we, we're not creating, we're not creating structures in our markets, you know, we're not creating like a, a fashion street, we're not creating like a, like, you know, 
if we can have collaborators in Africa, both designers and stockists who are willing to invest in, in creating the right environments, creating the right structures, you know, then these things become very relevant from stage to stage, you know, mm-hmm. where like, you know, so that the designer products are not lost in, in this whole cacophony of, 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 of secondhand clothes, you know, mm-hmm. because it's very difficult for African designers because the secondhand markets are so huge. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we can create this, like, specific markets for designers, they may start very small, mm-hmm. but I think it will be very vital to create a clear difference, you know, b- between you know, this, this secondhand markets and the designer markets that we are going to set up, you know, and we can create these differences through the participation, you know, how carefully the designers curate the customer's experience, you know, Hmm. through their presentations so that, you know, they're not, they're not misrepresenting their brands in, in any way, you know, creating the wrong, the wrong perceptions. But I think this, this markets are vital. They're like, they're like, they, they, they can be the, 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 the offshoot environments that designers need, quite honestly. Do you think we have the right infrastructure here in Africa for, that, for, for those markets? No. The reason why we don't have it is because the mindsets are not there. We're too easily... <laughs> we, like, we're going for, like, the second-hand clothing industry in Africa is so strong and it's going to be so difficult to dislodge. Like, you have to be, like, the one person in Africa to wear good clothes. And this is really <laughs> a shit, you know? So... So that's the problem that we have. But if we can begin from one point, like like what we're doing now, like what Fashion Lab is doing right now, creating this consciousness and creating this awareness, I think it's 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 one little step, you know. But we have to be able to create environments for our designers to thrive, you know, to to, to create environments where people can go secondhand shopping, but they can also have these enclaves where they can go and, and enjoy African creativity. But you do know? you know why they go secondhand shopping? And first of all, let's just first of all clarify here that in South Africa, obviously, secondhand clothing is banned, right? Perfect. Okay, so let me just say this. When I say it's banned, maybe I need to find the right way to say it, but the... The way that the bales drop in the rest of the continent, do you understand what I'm saying? The clothing that's brought in by the UN and the other bodies for donation, and yes. then literally the bales drop, and then the hustlers buy the bales and go and set up markets and sell these clothes, and that's what they do. That is how they build their business. You know that that's what they do, right? So what I'm saying yeah. is I haven't seen that here. I think here, like Maria said, there's a place where you go and buy second-hand clothing or vintage clothing and then you resell it and she even said that she actually sells it but it's a different the way that people operate here is very different and i'll tell you why number one when you look at shops like mr price mr price apparently was one of the stores that were set up to replace that so that people who did not have um high incomes could be able to afford clothing um without necessarily having to buy that second-hand rely on that secondhand clothing so the secondhand clothing that the the secondhand clothing thing that's going on in the rest of the continent it's not going on here i can tell you that the the, the availability of secondhand clothing yes there's secondhand clothing everywhere but i don't think the way that it happened in like places like nairobi or kenya where bales drop to donate those bales are don't those are that's don donors donate clothing the bales drop 
the hustlers buy the clothing, they set up yeah. shops, and that's how they survive. So I'm just saying, you know, it's um, it's it's uh, it's interesting, um, edgy that you know people buy. Then that's why we, we go back to the question that I raised, saying, do you know why people are actually buying secondhand clothing? And the truth is, if they can buy it for a dollar or two, buy a dress, a Chanel dress for two dollars. <laughs> They don't even care about the brand because they're buying clothing based on what they can afford. And if they can find the $2 dress in the market, they will sell it. Unfortunately, we don't have the malls and the infrastructure the way that it's set up in in SA in the rest of the continent. So you don't have your malls and your big shops and your H&Ms and your what. You don't have that in the continent. So, I think I think there's a way that we can fight this. Sorry, <laughs> so, so, you know I I feel like so right now I feel the markets not just sell clothes. Yeah, you have to understand the markets sell environment. You know they sell an experience. So if we can look beyond just the mere buying, you mean the markets clothes, in the US, the markets on that side of the world? Yeah, the street markets. Yes. You know they, they they they're not just selling clothes. They're selling a, a yes. consumer. Experience. Yeah. In selling, you know, so if we, I think that if we create the, you know how they say, build it and people will come. Mm. I think that if we create the environment, it will begin to really eat into this consciousness for, for secondhand clothing or for cheap clothing. And it, it will create like, for some people at least, a, a few people will begin to say, begin to go to this environments where they can actually interact with African designers, they can buy African clothes, and it will give the African designer a sense of authenticity. But we have to invest in creating these environments. Do you think there's an appetite for markets in this continent? We are a market continent. I mean, the markets probably just started in Africa. Yeah, but I'm just talking about, when I say market, like I said, because market is such a big word here in the continent, it's such a diverse, it's it's yes, too big. Right. It's like by the time you break down market, I mean, if you ask somebody in Africa, are you going to the market? The first thing they'll think is, okay, fruits, vegetables, no. Then again, the second thing that might come into their head, the last thing that will come into their head is what? Like you're going to buy a Lizzo Gumbo blouse yeah, at the market? That's not, that's not, they'll be like that. That's where they'll be going to the stalls or going to like a shop, the, you know? Yeah. So, and the thing is because of the fact that there's this whole superior, inferior, um, sort of, um, situation or, or block in a lot of, people's minds here is that if you sell in a market you're not good and you know like it's just those silly little things that stick in people's heads so they think that if you go to a market if you they would rather go to a china mall and buy something in a china mall than go to a market and actually find a very authentic fresh brand that's just popping and just buzzing you know what i'm saying and because of the fact that we don't have a culture where brands like us are going and selling in markets, it's also, I think, there's a lot of homework and a lot of time and a lot of, we, there's a lot of work to be done on the background to be able to ensure that by the time we are setting up stuff like markets here, proper markets like Dover Street style, that there's respect for it and there is also awareness and people have an understanding. I think information is key. Um, consumers have to understand that you can now go to those other markets. You don't have to only go to the mall. Otherwise, it's 
So there's all I'm saying, Edgy, is I love the conversation, and I know that we can go on and on, but I feel mm-hmm. like there is there isn't there's an opportunity. I just think that we have to move backwards and and go back and start by information, start by mm-hmm. you know just knowledge and information is what people need. Um, once people understand that there is a new alternative to malls, which is not necessarily the high street, but it's a uh, another sort of setup that actually has really authentic and fresh brands. And I think South Africa has started it really well. And that's why I say, you know, examples of the 27 boxes in Melville is a really good setup because it's got beautiful, authentic brands. It's not just fashion. They've got food. They've got a couple of other things, but it's a permanent structure, but it's so cool. It's set up in 27 containers. It's fresh. It's different. For anyone who's looking for an experience, like you were saying, it's a consumer experience people are now looking for. People are tired of going to the mall. Then if we start having those 27 boxes models multiplying across the continent, people will get to understand it better. But they will not be able to call it a market for a while because people will just get confused here. (laughs) But (laughs) Edgy, I want to just thank you so much for your um, contribution on this topic. And I also want to thank you because... Um, it's nice for us to touch base. Um, what's happening in the continent is not necessarily happening in that side, on that side. And that's why your contribution is very, um, highly appreciated because then we get to touch base, we get to compare notes and we also yeah. get to kind of see how we want to move ahead and why. So, um, I feel that, you know, it's a nice topic. It's a topic that we should continue to also just focus on. And even just as fashion lab and as the African fashion industry in whatever capacity to be able yeah. to change and give people other opportunities because at the end of the day, all we want to do is sell. Uh, we want to make sure that we make business sense out of our brands. Otherwise, we might as well go home or go to yeah. the beach. And um, and that's really, I think for me, is the big thing. So thank you so much for joining in. Um, before you get off the line, I just obviously want to do the who would you want to dress and why. It's only me and you today. <laughs> so we're going to go straight to you, Edgy. Who would you want to dress and why after this intense market conversation? I think who I would, not a particular person, but I think this, this topic that we stressed on today is so cool and it's so important. I would say I would like to dress um, just about any African uh, girl or, or guy uh, who is adventurous and who wants to find good things just to not really dress them but to tell them you know go out and find go to to the 20, 27 is it 27 or 29 boxes 27 boxes <laughs> yeah. go out there and experience it change your shopping experience I mean, add something to it and get dressed that way today. Go and look at what's going on, what African creatives are doing. Yeah, very nice. I think today I want to dress Rita Ora because um, I've been looking at her. I know it's very random, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, who? Uh, I've been checking her out a bit, um, and I think she's a, she's a very interesting character. She's got a beautiful... Beautiful body, beautiful soul. She literally is beautiful. She just shines like a flower. And um, she's got personality as well. She's got a beautiful voice. Um, and I would love to dress her and just give her a touch of my Liz um, 
these vibes, you know? Yes, but that's who I want to address today. So, Edgy, thank you very much um, for joining us onto the show. Um, how can our listeners connect with you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever? Yeah, on Twitter, they can reach me on Edgy underscore Benson. Uh, and on, on, on uh, Instagram, it's Elan, E-L-A-N-1, Elan1 on Instagram. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day, Edgy, um, and we will be in touch. And for those of the, our listeners who are tuned in, um, you're welcome to continue the conversations with us off air. Um, we are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We are on Instagram, Fashion Lab Africa. And our website is www.fashionlabafrica.com. We are the business, uh, we are the people who dissect the business behind fashion and we care about um, development, we care about growth in this continent and the reason we are coming up with this compelling subject matters is to make sure that you also get to, um, you know, listen in or share your comments or, you know, also just share with us whatever it is that you feel we are not touching on that you feel would actually affect our growth positively and we can be able to apply in our businesses. Otherwise, have a lovely time. Peace and love. Until next week. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com.